I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Teenage girls, under normal circumstances, wrestle with issues of identity and body image. But for young women with a chronic rare disease, those struggles can be more complicated. That makes the wisdom, self-awareness, and self-confidence that shine through the Sick Chick blog all the more remarkable. We spoke to Shira Strongen, founder of the Sick Chick and a Global Genes 2015 honoree for teen advocacy about her battle with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, how she's come to appreciate what her disease has taught her, and her work with other teen rare disease advocates to form We Are More, an effort to convey to the media and public that teens with chronic illnesses are defined by more than their diseases. Sheer, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to talk about your Sick Chick blog, your recent Global Genes Award for Teen Advocacy, and the launch of We Are Mora, a new rare disease group for young people. But I'd like to start with your own story first. You have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which is actually a group of rare genetic diseases. Can, can you explain what Ehlers-Danlos is and how it manifests itself, what treatments, if any, are available? Yes. Um so Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is a genetic connective tissue disorder, and there are multiple types of it. Um, there are four main common types of it. I have type 3, which is hypermobility, so it primarily affects my joints, but because your whole body is made of connective tissue or collagen, it affects everything. But my main symptoms are my joints dislocating, my gut not working, um, a lot of vascular symptoms too because of the POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, it's a comorbid condition with it. So that causes a lot of fainting and other autonomic nervous system disorders. Um, there aren't any real treatments as far as medication goes right now. A lot of it is preventative testing because if you can find it early, then you can get, you can do preventative treatments like physical therapy and keep yourself stronger. You can get the proper ultrasounds to make sure that your heart is okay. Um, and keep on top of that. I take it this is a, a disease you were born with. What, when were you diagnosed, and, and how did it affect you as you were growing up, not, not just physically, but in terms of your ability to do things like attend mm -hmm. school or interact with other kids? So we didn't actually know I had it when I was a little kid, but we always knew there was kind of something off. Like I was crazy flexible, which is a symptom of type 3 EDS. Um, my temperature was always below normal, which is a symptom of another thing I have called dysautonomia, which is dysfunction of the autonomic nervous system. It's another comorbid condition with EDS. Um, and I was a dancer and EDS actually helped me be a great dancer because I was so naturally flexible, but I would sublux, which is partially dislocate my joints all of the time. And... Everybody told me, oh, don't worry about that. That's okay. And it wasn't until I had a severe back injury that things started to really go bad for me. And I had a bunch of other things go wrong with a neurovascular pain syndrome called RSD, reflux sympathetic dystrophy. And 
that's when the EDS was diagnosed finally. And since then, it's just gotten a lot worse. And it was really interesting because I've since found out that I really, I should not have been in dance and that that's one of the things that can make EDS worse and same with contact sports and other things like that. So as, as you grew older, did, did this prevent you from participating with, with other kids your age in in a normal way or? Um, Somewhat. I mean, I'm currently doing a charter homeschool type program. So I'm not in a regular high school, but I had been going to regular high school for the past couple of years. So I think it's not necessarily the EDS that has taken me out of school. It's a lot of immune system issues I have that has taken me out of school. Well, when did you begin the Sick Chick blog and and what was the idea behind that? Mm -hmm. So the Sick Chick blog started when I was 10 or 11. So like five or six years ago. Wow. (laughs) Taking me back. But I wanted to share my story in the way I knew how. I was always an artsy person. I was never very like sports oriented. I did dance and musical theater and singing and my health kind of took those things away from me. So writing was my way to stay in the arts. Um, and Blogging seemed to be able to get my story across to other people. And I didn't realize that that would relate to so many other people, not just with my rare disease, but with other rare diseases. And eventually, it got picked up by the Coalition Against Pediatric Pain, TCAP, which is an East Coast-based nonprofit. Um, After that, people were asking me to do more with Sick Chick. I had done some youth advocacy type talks at national conferences for Dysautonomia International um, and Ehlers-Danlos National Foundation. So that's really when I started thinking that there's some, I have something here. I can really do something. I can do some good with this. And that's when I started the Sick Chick Network, which highlights young women with rare disease and who are overcoming this and not letting their diseases define them and are really advocates for the community. Well, how, how quickly did you find this as a way for you to connect with others with chronic illness and, and how did that impact you? I actually found it very quickly. Um, I noticed that our community is very strong and we're all so supportive. It's really helped me because chronic and rare diseases, they're so isolating And a lot of my healthy friends don't really understand what's going on. But through blogging, I could kind of make them understand in a way. And I could relate to so many other people with these rare diseases who then reached out to me and was like, I know exactly what you're going through. I know how you're feeling. And that was really cool to know that I was impacting other people. There are several things I find striking about the blog and and as there are read through the entries, you, you speak about having a chronic illness, but at least in what I've read, I don't ever remember you naming it or getting into specifics about the disease. When you talk about your illness, there's almost a matter-of-fact aspect to it where you may talk about chronic pain or dislocating your wrist from writing during an exam, but mm-hmm. it's in the same breath as talking about finals week or the winter formal. Why is that? Well, my chronic illness is part of my life, but it doesn't stop me from living. And 
I still have fun. I still do things that normal kids do. And I think there's this kind of society views people with disabilities as lesser than and that we need to be pitied or we need to be taken care of. And we don't. I mean, we live with our disabilities and we figured out ways to get around and still make things happen and still be advocates and be quote unquote normal. So I think that's something that I really try and get across in my blog is like, yes, I have pain. Yes, I dislocate things. Yes, I have this illness, but I still live life. This is a theme I I, I think runs throughout and we'll get to in in the new organization. But in the blog, there is this reflection of a a struggle with identity that I think a lot of people with chronic illness go through. Uh, On another blog, you wrote about long hiding your disease. You wrote, I've been judged and looked down on for being sick, which is something many people who are sick experience. I don't want to spend my high school years defined as that disabled girl or that sick girl. But you, you talk about getting to the point of deciding that you no longer wanted to do that. What what brought about that change? I realized that I was letting other people define who I was. And that was kind of the breaking point for me because my whole blog is about defining yourself and not letting illness define you. And I needed to educate those people and say, yeah, I am disabled, but I am so much more than that. And it's up to them to change their views and I can help them along with that. But if the people I go to school with are still going to look at me as this disabled girl, then they're not people I want to hang out with or have as part of my life. And that's okay. But I want to help them realize that there's so much more than that. I mean, they didn't know I was disabled or sick until I wrote that. So that says something. I, I, I think a lot of people with, with with a chronic illness often feel at war with their bodies. And, and in that same blog, you wrote, I hated my body and was so ashamed of it for so long. I learned to love and accept myself the way I am. I think staying in the closet is only doing more damage. What do you think allowed you to change your perspective? Interesting. Um, There was so, so many things there. I've met so many incredible people on my like quote unquote journey. And it makes you realize how even though I'm doing so poorly, there are so many people doing much worse. And for me to feel bad for myself or like to hate my body, like I don't, not to say that I don't have that right, but I should still be living my life. And for me to just have this such a bad image of myself is only perpetuating this like ableist societal image of disabled people. And I didn't want to be a part of that. So I had to learn to accept myself and love myself, which is hard for any teenage girl, never mind a disabled teenage girl, but just it's something that other people have helped me do too. You also express a certain gratitude or at least acknowledgement of the role your disease has played in creating the person who you are, that it's made you more responsible and, and stronger than you would otherwise be. You write, while I'm not thankful for being chronically ill, I am thankful for the person, the person I am 
because of it and the people I am fortunate enough to have in my life because of it. Mm -hmm. This is not an easy place for people to arrive at, particularly teens who may have an easier time focusing on things that are denied them or, or the pain they, they must endure. What, was this a process for you? Was this a, a, a moment of epiphany? And have your interactions with other teens with chronic illness shaped this? It was definitely a process. I mean, it didn't just come to me at one point. Um, what was interesting, though, is this summer I did this leadership and social justice program at Brown. And I was surrounded by all these amazing people there who were not sick. And they accepted me for who I was. They only knew me for two weeks. And these other people in my life at home who had known me for so much longer had a hard time accepting me for who I was as a sick person. And they just kind of were in denial about that, which was so interesting to me. Is like these people I knew for two weeks were so much more accepting of that. And so that kind of led me to think like there's so much, there's so many more people out there and that are like that. And why am I letting these, the small group of people in my hometown dictate my life like that and not let me be accepting of myself. Um, and I think while, like you said, I, when I wrote, um, I'm not thankful for being sick, but I recognize and I am thankful that it's turned me into the person I am today. I mean, I wouldn't be the writer I am today. I wouldn't be as strong as I am today because I wouldn't have had to go through the things I have and I wouldn't know all these amazing people. So, Well, last month at the Global Genes Summit where you were honored for your work in teen advocacy, you also met other teens with rare diseases who attended and, and you, you got together and decided to work on a new group, We Are More. What was the experience of coming together with these other teens with rare disease who, who are also advocates? That was so great. I'm so thankful Global Genes gave me that opportunity to do that. Um, we decided to make the group We Are More because we want to show people that we are so much more than our illnesses and disabilities and that if they just get to know us for who we are and look past the disability, that they'll see we're actually pretty normal. And it's interesting. I was watching this like TED talk earlier and it's kind of what we want to do with this group is people, this woman was talking about how we're fed this whole idea of disabled people are inspirational just for getting out of bed and remembering our names, which isn't really true. Like we've just adapted and we don't want to be your inspiration for that. Like if I'm inspirational, I want to be inspirational because of my advocacy work. I don't want to be inspirational just because I'm a disabled person. So that's kind of what we want to do with the, we are more group. As you speak to the media, as you speak to to other people about how your disease doesn't define you, what would you like to convey? That we are more. And I think like the media does do a very bad job of depicting disabled youth. So that is definitely something we want to change. But our name says it all. We are so much more. Shira Strong and Global Genes 2015 Henri. <laughs> founder of the Sick Chick blog at thesickchicks.com and co-founder of We Are More, Shira. Thanks so much for your time today. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening. 
For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.